Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Thank you for showing up. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. This is our ninth session in the book of Philippians. We're, we're going verse by verse through the book. It's only taken us eight times to get through the first half of the third chapter. We're moving on. Now last time we talked about Philippians 3, 1 through 10. 1 through 11 that is. We talked at the end about the power of his resurrection being connected with the fellowship of his suffering. All of us want to walk in the power of the resurrection. We just are a little reticent about the fellowship of the suffering. How many of you know you can't have a resurrection until you have a death? Nothing can be raised to new life until it's submitted to death. If you want your business or your relationships to be raised to new life, you might have to take your hands off of them and die to your own ability to control it. We might just go on home after that. That was a revelation, wasn't it? So we get in verse 12, not that I have already attained. He's talking about attaining to the resurrection from the dead. That is, that I might walk in the fullness of the resurrected life of Jesus. That is, that the life of Christ may be so manifested in me that I'll walk in that unbroken power and fellowship of the resurrected life of Jesus who is in me as a believer. Verse 12, Paul says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, Don't let that be lost on you. Do you know that there are believers today who believe that they get in such a state of sanctification that they don't sin anymore or need to know anymore or to walk any deeper? There, there, there are. What a lie and a deceitful, restraining lie of the devil. The apostle here, who God used to write 13 books of the New Testament, said, I, I, I want to walk in the fullness of his resurrection, but I hadn't gotten there yet. There, I, I am not fully perfected in walking by the Spirit in the resurrection life of Christ. But I do this, I press on. The word press in the Greek means to relentlessly pursue. Everybody say those two words with me. Relentlessly pursue. He's saying, I will relentlessly pursue that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Why did Christ Jesus lay hold of you? Why did by his grace 
He grip your heart and choose you before the foundation of the world and then time and space, the Holy Spirit would draw you and open your heart to believe. Why would he do that? Why would he lay hold of you? Well, of course he had a, an eternal reason. Jesus said to the disciples right before he left, I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back and receive you to myself because where I am, that's where I want you to be. I have an eternal purpose for you. We'll get to that in just a minute. Notice he also has a temporal purpose. That is, he's up to something here on the earth. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that the Holy Spirit is at work right now to transform you into the image and likeness of Jesus. You say, well, Pastor, I don't feel it. I'm not necessarily seeing it. It doesn't matter what you feel or see. The Word says that the Spirit of God is at work in your inner man right now to transform you. That is, to bring you into the image and likeness of Jesus. Now, why would He want to do that? Because your identity in your Father is totally wrapped up in what he's doing on the inside of you. See, he wants you to be where he is, but he also wants you to see as he sees. You know, the word says that now we see in through, like through a glass partially, but then face to face, we will know fully as we have been fully known. He wants you to increasingly learn on this earth to see as he sees so that eventually you get to where in that when you are when when he comes for you or you go to him you see you see it you see it the way he sees it now I get it but you know you don't have to wait to make progress toward that end the Holy Spirit will bear witness and begin to show you things that the Holy Spirit, I love, I love 1 Corinthians 2 that talks about the Spirit reveals to us the deep things of God. Why would the Lord be transform you, transforming you into His image and likeness? Because He wants you to experience what He's provided. Romans 8, 16 through 18 says that we are heirs of God. Everybody say it with me. I am an heir of God. You know what that means? You are, go, you are receiving right now and you are going to forever receive an inheritance from your heavenly father. You know the word there also says you're a joint heir with Christ. You know what that means? Everything that belongs to Christ has been put into your account. You have a joint checking account? You know what a joint checking account means? It doesn't mean that half of it belongs to you and half of it belongs to the other person on the account. It doesn't mean that. It means everything in the account belongs to you 
and everything in the account belongs to the other person on the account. You got a joint account with Jesus Christ. You're a joint heir. You're not a sub heir. You're not a stepchild. You are born into the kingdom of God by the blood of Jesus. What is in Christ's account belongs to you. That's the reason he's trying to apprehend you. He says, I press on. I, I relentlessly pursue that I may lay hold of that for which Christ is also lay hold of me. Notice he says in verse 13, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm on a journey. But one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind and I reach forward to those things which are ahead. What have we been singing about all morning? Not going back, laying aside the past. I've been praying that God would give you and me the grace-given ability to forget the things that are behind that would restrain us from going ahead. You say, Pastor, every time I want to go ahead with the Lord, I get all these images of how I fouled up. Now hold your place there. I want you to go to the right to Hebrews. If you go to James, you've gone too far. I want you to go to, to the book of Hebrews with me. Chapter 10. Begin with verse 14. Are you there? Hebrews 14, uh, Hebrews 10, 14 and following. For by one offering, that is, by what Jesus has sacrificed, the offering of his own life, by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being, being sanctified, brought more and more into his image and likeness. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us, for after he has said, listen to this, this is the covenant I will make with them in those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them. Then he adds, for those who are in the new covenant, everybody say, that's me. I am in the new covenant. Say it. By the blood of Jesus, I live in the new covenant. Notice what he says in verse 13. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now, verse 18, where there is remission, release of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. You say, Pastor, I thought God was all omniscient. I thought he knew all things. How can he forget anything? Notice what he says. Their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Because, see, not only is he omniscient, he's omnipotent. And being omnipotent, it means he can do whatever he chooses. And he has chosen to forget all your sins and iniquities. You ought to give him a hand for that. God has chosen to forget all those things 
that we are allowing to hold us back when he, the only one who really matters, has already chosen to forget them because we're in the covenant of the blood of Jesus. And the word saying here, forget. God, give us the grace to believe the word so deeply by your spirit that we will continue to have the mind of Christ knowing that all of those sins and iniquities have been forgotten. Grant us revelation and grant us the grace to forget the things you forget. Those old replays of past mistakes are going to rear up over and over again. It's just a product of being human and living in this world. You've got a computer called a brain, and it has a memory. But I want you to know that the supercomputer, where the books are kept, all your sins have been wiped out by the blood of Jesus. But notice, it's not only those things that are in the past that we we know is our sin that have continued to hold us back. Do you know that the good things and the successes you've had will hold you back as well? If you continue to rest on what you did yesterday, you will begin to live at a spiritual deficit. If you say, well, what, I was, what God revealed to me in the past, or where I was spiritually in the past, was absolutely wonderful, but you hadn't moved on, and you don't cry out like the apostle, oh, I want to know you more. I want to forget those things which are behind, even those things that are considered righteous. I want to move forward. I want to relentlessly pursue the things that are ahead. I see it all the time. Those of us who've accept, who have tasted certain realms of success, it may be business, it may be financial, in our case it may be spiritual, it may be a long track record of the blessing of God beginning to accumulate. The danger of that is if you get comfortable in where you were yesterday so you don't relentlessly pursue where he wants to take you today, that is grievous to the heart of God. Grievous. And one of the worst mistakes I ever see us make in the body of Christ is always trying to reproduce what was wonderful in the past. Man, was that great. How'd we do it? Didn't do it. God did it. And so you see the foolishness of saying, how can we get what we had yesterday back today? Well, you, you didn't do it yesterday. So now you're going to reproduce what God did yesterday today. And I want to tell you all something. There are churches today who never move on. They want to be like they, they want to have what they had yesterday. Listen. The Holy Spirit is constantly moving. He's doing new things. He's growing new people. He works in times and seasons. It's not about how much you can accumulate. It's about listening to and obeying what he's telling you to do. 
forgetting those things, even the, even the things that were so wonderful that we're wanting to try to repeat. No, I want you to move forward and press on and lay hold of those things which are ahead. Notice he says in 14, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know, very easily you might think, well, what the apostle is saying here is, I want to so fulfill my assignment and I want to know the Lord at such a measure that he just says, okay, time for you to come on. Well, that, that, that may be very true. I don't know. May be true. But do you think that it also may be true when he's talking about the upward call of God in Christ Jesus? Could that also mean a new level of the knowledge of him? Could that mean a new level of promotion? Could that mean a new level of resources to get his kingdom done? Could that mean that God wants to take you to a new level of being able to trust you with revelation and resources to go to a new level than you've ever experienced before? The upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Could it also mean not just ultimate promotion into that heavenly realm, but could it also mean a promotion right here on the earth as far as what he discloses to you and what he entrusts to you? How many of you know we're not going to get that until we relentlessly pursue the things that lie ahead? We relentlessly pursue the one who redeemed us and called us to himself. Notice he says, as many as are mature have this mind. That is, this mind is you need to stop resting on your laurels and you need to stop letting your past condemn you and accuse you and keep you afraid. Move ahead, relentlessly pursue those things which are ahead. Those of us who are mature have that mind, and if anything otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. I prayed this week, oh Lord, show me those areas where I don't have that mindset. Reveal it to me. I want to press on. Nevertheless, he says, 16, to the degree that you've already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us be of the same mind. You know, I'm a big basketball fan. I really am. And I hope some of you have enjoyed some of this this uh, time of year. I don't know a whole lot about coaching, but one thing that I think is right, and I could be wrong, but one thing I think is right is if something is working, don't change it. Would, would that be a sound principle, Coach? If something's working, don't change it. I see over and over and over again as uh, just a very interested spectator of college sports, it seems to me that sometimes when something is working tremendously, a mistake is made by trying to change it. You know what the apostle's saying here? To the extent that you have walked in relentless pursuit of the Lord and to the extent that you have made spiritual progress, don't quit what you're doing. Don't stop what you're doing. Well, 
How many of you know the latest and greatest is not always the highest and best? I said the latest and greatest is not always the highest and best. Let's make up our mind as a body of Christ, as a family of faith, that we will relentlessly pursue the Lord, and we'll stay on track with what He has assigned us to do. You don't know how grateful Dean and I are for you. You know, we were on our way to church this morning. We were running just a tad late. But I got blessed by the delay. And that's pretty unusual for me to be blessed by delay. I struggle with that sometimes. But as we were coming down 119, to see all the, all the people filing into the churches in our area, it was amazing. I had to come to a dead stop. And it blessed me to see all those people coming into those large churches. It blessed me, and I thank God that people were coming in to these large places of worship. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not into mega. I'm into small. I like a faith family. I like to know the names of my sheep. I like for my sheep to be able to call me on the cell phone or send me an email and get a response. No, that's just me. It's just me. It's all good. It's all good. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. If you're doing something that you know is what God wants you to do, then don't get distracted by what other people are doing that seems to be world-beating. Keep on doing what the Lord has assigned you to do. One of the greatest compliments the other day, Josh Black said to me in describing our church, he said, the word that, I, that really comes to me when I think, when I was asking him, how do you describe the church? He said, authentic. Then he went on to describe why he felt that way. I have people who don't like this and don't like that and don't like this and don't like that and don't like this or don't care for that or want me to try this, or want me to try that. Now, let me tell you all something. As long as I am the shepherd of this flock, I highly regard and respect your opinion. But we're not about to deviate from the simplicity and depth of the teaching of the Word, the worship of God, hands-on prayer, and the fellowship of the saints. That's it. Somebody told me the other day, said, Pastor, you have broken every rule. Look, I know that. I've been on five church staffs and a Christian school over these 50 years. <laughs> he said, you have broken every rule. 
You don't take up an offering. You don't have child care. You don't have a youth program. You don't have a choir. You don't meet on Sunday night. You don't have a midweek service. You... He was going on and on and on. He said, I've told all my friends and they can't figure it out. But you've broken every single rule. And that's one reason why I like it. <laughs> I know what I'm supposed to be doing in your life, in your business, in whatever it is. You belong to God. You don't belong to me. You belong to God. He bought you with his own blood. Obey the Lord of the church. You do what he tells you to do, and it's all going to be all right. But remember this, if you are doing something that you know in your spirit lines up with the word and gives you an inner witness that you are doing it right, don't abandon for the latest and greatest what God has put into your life that works well. Amen? Well, let's all stand. I want us to know him more. I want us to sing this song as our closing today. Lord, I want to know you more. I want to forget those things which are behind. And I want to reach forward to those things that lie ahead. Sing it with all your heart and worship to the Lord. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.